We're just normal men. What do you mean, normal men? We're just innocent men. <laughs> Gonna throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost... He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. It is Monday, December 4th. We've made it to December. And uh, if anything is certain about December, things get crazy in the college football world at the start of December. Well, especially you know, with the portal days. By the way, I'm Roy May, Fighting Texas Aggie, class of 2015. I'm Rob White. we're going to talk about the portal. Yeah, I'm Rob White, class 14. We are definitely going to touch on the portal. Uh, a few other topics today, definitely going to be looking at championship weekend, uh, Army, Navy, handful of other things. So we're pretty excited to get into that. But yeah, portal's hot and alive right out the gate. Yeah, uh, obviously, I, I think every Aggie understood that there was going to be a uh, some movement on our end. Um, and, you know, that's that's going to occur when you have a coaching staff overhaul, which is thankfully what it is. I mean, it looks to be a true pretty much overhaul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably before we get into the portal, let's talk about, you know, E-Rob leaving. Like, that sucks because, um, yeah. you know, the relationship he had with players. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm a – I'm okay with it. One, it's a great career move for him to go be an actual play caller on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So I, I totally understand it. And the fact that it took him so long to decide shows you how much he truly loves this place and loves the kids, you know, that he works with. Yeah. But he also has to think about his career. So I get it. And second of all, you know, the deeper you dive into it, the, the more, and if you can be objective at all, and that's, you know, always the hardest thing for any sports fan to be as objective. And these days, even sports broadcasters for that matter. Um, now wasn't the time for him to take over play calling at a program as big as AM. And I and I get where we're at wins and losses over the last couple of years, and I get that, but AM's still a big program, and it's certainly much bigger than Syracuse. Um right. so I and you know, obviously then you combine that with the fact that the new head coach is his buddy. They've been they were together back in the days in Baylor. So I get his decision and and I understand, yeah, you know, or I can appreciate how hard it was for him to come to that decision, especially given how long it kind of took him to to decide. Um Hey, but that's a perfect example of, you know, Aggies love to use this phrase, let's go money whip people. That's a perfect example of somebody can't be money whipped. I mean, we're going to pay him. We're gonna, he was going to be paid the highest of any position coach in all of college football, but he chose what was right for his career. Um, so, you know, tip of the cap to him. You have to love everything he did here and, and how important he was here to recruiting and, and relationships. But you, know, you got to move on. And that's part of rebuilding a program is. If they're not going to be here, they're not going to be here. You know, it's it, he's not one of those good riddance kind of guys. You know, you'd love to keep him around, but the reality of keeping him around in a defensive coordinator position is probably a little tough. Maybe co-DC if Elko was going to have his hands on it, but I think what we found in the short period of time that, you know, the reports, everything have been coming out about Elko, he's much more of a manager. So when he hires a defensive coordinator, he expects the defensive coordinator to call plays. Right. And that's exactly what yeah, you want a play caller, and you want a guy that has experience of play calling. So I completely understand, uh, maybe not necessarily um, going – I mean, I'm not sure. I, I know we offered him, which I think is a great deal. Um, but at the same time, uh, as we go forward, I think the thing um, as we move into this next round, we just got to keep driving our feet. You know, go get the right guy. Well, and, and you have to be able to trust Elko to do that. Um, yep. And – and so, you know, from a defensive coordinator and offensive <clears throat> coordinator standpoint, well, I thought it was interesting that he hired the defensive line coach from uh, from Florida 
Um, what's, what's his nickname? Coach Chaos, Coach Spears, something like that. Um, and I believe they've been together before. And I know that some Aggies are scratching their head. They're like, man, this guy's been fired a bunch lately. And honestly, if Elko wants him, you you just kind of have to bite. Your, well, and this may be hard for internet board warriors, but bite your tongue and let it play out. Well, have uh, a little faith, right? You have to. Um, and it, and it, and honestly, and it doesn't matter if there was another coach that you liked, like you don't have to get on board and buy into somebody that you didn't want, but there's like you spewing out just filth on message boards, you know, about how you don't approve anything. I'll tell you what, the next time that you're a head coach of a major division one college football program, you can make whatever decision you like. But in the meantime, I think we have to, you have to, if you're, if you're not all in on this hire, you have to give him time anyways, like let him prove you right then fine. And then you can just come back and say you were right. And you can bump your own thread from four or five years, you know, ago and, right. and, and show everybody how right you are and get whatever points that whatever social currency that gives you in your life. Yeah. Um, well, and the amount of people that you're, you're seeing that are like just jumping off the boat, even on like Twitter and other places. I mean, it just, it seems like it went so, so like very excited about the hire to people being like, Oh, you know, we have to all abandon chip. This is a natural part of a hire. When you hire a brand new coach, there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of transfers. There's going to be a lot of There's stuff. going to be a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Guess what? Right. We're built on pain. We know <laughs> what we're doing here. Yeah. If you if you can't accept that we're built on pain, go find another team to cheer for. Yeah, well, I think that's probably one of the biggest parts is you have to be able to, to step back and realize that no matter who is going to be hired, um, this was going to be a painful process. But it, it has to happen. Because you can't just keep accept, accepting mediocrity, right? So, so here we are. Um, yeah, we're still waiting on coordinator positions. And I saw, uh, you know, we've got a couple of dudes enter the portal. Um, now Walter Nolan hasn't officially entered. I don't believe right. but he announced he was. Yeah, no. Um, but they also, you know, there was a uh, somebody interviewed him, or he's got a soundbite or something. It's A and M is absolutely still in play. You know, all these people that are running for the hills in their first post is fine. Good rinse. We don't need you anyways. Like these kids could come back. Oh, and meeting your name in the portal doesn't mean you're leaving. Right. We've seen that happen before. I mean, with very prominently, like Leon O'Neill Jr., same deal. You know, like that's a very prominent part of the game. Just because you say you're going to enter your name in the portal doesn't mean you're going anywhere. Well, and you can enter your name in the portal officially, and you may still have getting recruited back. And that's kind of what we're seeing now. And what you see in today's landscape of college football when you have um, <clears throat> you know, with with NIL, obviously, and when you have a coaching staff change you know, you've got to re-recruit these kids. And so where I think you have some of the leg up is just, uh, and I think Nolan even uh, alluded to it about how he thought Elko was a great hire, but he just wants to know what's going on with OC and DC Mm -hmm. as do we all. Right. And so, you know, he may put his name officially in the portal and then we hire a dude that he's like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. I'm playing for this guy. I'm coming back to A&M or we hire a guy and and they've got to do some work. And, you know, the biggest thing we always say, Every year, you know, what are your biggest and most important recruiting jobs is keeping the players you have. Right. And so it's really no different. I mean, you'll have some guys start a little bit further behind the eight ball than, you know, if it were you were keeping the staff together and somebody were just entering the portal. But so it, it comes down to being able to, you know, get out on get out on the trail, go recruit. You got to immediately get to that. But you also have to recruit not only the portal coming in, but the portal trying to go out. Well, and then and- maybe – yeah. Um, one, one of the things I thought was really cool, uh, I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, ESPN hasn't lined out where they have just the constant list of players as they're announcing being posted on here. You oh, want to like talk- a full-blown like, portal roster? Yeah. So here's something crazy. Four of Indiana's five starting offensive linemen hit the portal this morning. 
Oh, I did not see that. Four of their five. So, I mean, it's part of the deal, right? Like you're going to have these situations. We're not the only ones that are going to be hurting here, guys. Well, and you're going to have these situations every year, even if you maintain a college staff. Yeah. Because kids don't feel like they're getting enough playing time. Um, Kids don't like the direction the program's going. That I mean, they're going to enter the portal. And again, that goes back to, can you haul them back in? Are these people that if they hit the portal, you're okay with it? Did you have that conversation with that player? <clears throat> now, I'm not saying at all that that has to do with Walter Nolan because he's not ever a guy you say, yeah, sure, I, you know, good luck. <laughs> that's that's a guy you stay on, you recruit just as hard as he got recruited, um, you know, to come here in the first place. Right, and so, I, would, as, I would love to have him around. Absolutely would love to have him around. You'd be insane not to want Walter Nolan on your team. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's just such a, a an intense dynamic, especially when you're changing over your whole staff. You know, it's not like you're changing coordinators. You change a head coach, which means you're also going to change coordinators. That yeah. also means you're going to change how the entire program feels and looks from the inside, the part of the program that we don't see and, quite frankly, know very little about. Um, right. And I I prefer it that way. I We've had so many problems in the past as Aggies. It's too many, too many people want to have their hands, you know, hands in the pie and they want to say in things because they donate a lot of money. And, and, and while, you know, the reality is I understand that if you donate a metric shit ton of money, you do get to have a little bit of say in some things, but none of that should be say of what goes on inside bright. None of that should have anything to do with what happens on the practice field. Like you want to talk about the in game script for commercials and stuff. Cause you pay a lot. Like I get all that, but you know, we'd, we'd be doing ourselves a favor if we would just kind of fire and forget, like we hired Elko now just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. If, if the round is active and the round is good, the round will find its target. Right. And so that's kind of how I'm hoping we approach this with Mike Elko is, and if, you know, if he hires a guy that you're like, Oh, what about this guy? Let him put his whole staff together and let him run a football team out on the field. And then you can start lobbing grenades all you want to mm-hmm. about. And the, I told you so's and all that other crap that makes people feel good about themselves for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but I'm on, you know, I'm, I like, I like the Elko hire. Yeah. Um, so, it, so obviously I liked him when he was here. I like what he did at Duke. And so I, I'm in a wait and see, but I'll trust. Like I, I trust him to do the right thing and make the right hires. And that's, well, and, and I'll, I'll just be patient. <laughs> well, and we saw what happened, obviously what he did at Duke. You know, he went and took a three nine team and turned them around to a nine three. So if you just let the man go out there and get his guys and set up a team, that can actually win under his system and do what he needs to do in this conference. I don't care what it looks like. Just oh, I, dude, I don't care if we go to the triple option and then we're three yards in a cloud of dust and we're winning football games. I don't care. Exactly. Win the games. I mean, <laughs> that might not keep the Evan Stewart's of the world around if we go to the triple option, but well, no, but it's, it's just whatever it is and whatever you got to do, win it. And that all starts inside of bright with the culture that he's going to build and the coordinators that he hires. Yeah. It's, Sometimes it really is that simple. Yeah. Sometimes it really, really is. So, uh, so, okay. so segueing it though, talking about, you know, you really have to recruit your portal, right? Sure. Not just in, but your guys trying to leave. Yeah. So right now we've got Evan Stewart isn't in the portal, but Not everybody yet. thinks he's going to go. Walter Nolan technically isn't in the portal, although he's announced his intentions very clearly. Sure. Um, uh, let's see. We had a couple of decommits. We had Cam Coleman switch his commitment to Auburn. We had Gabriel Relaford decommit. But again, you know, this is one of those things where these kids, 
look, if you're ever trying to figure out what a 17 to 19 year old college football player, high school football players is doing with their lives, like just, you got to find another hobby, man. It's like they, they, they'll change their minds because the weather changes. And I get that. Cause I've been that young too. And I've, you know, had all, and I've, I've never been in a situation where literally I had possibly an NFL career, you know, out in front of me. Right. Um, but you, you got to trust that, you know, like the Relaford, um, Cam Coleman, it doesn't mean we're going to stop recruiting them. It never does. Just like when we get commits, the other schools don't stop recruiting them. Yeah. So this new staff may bring something to the table that those kids are like, oh, hell yeah, I'm all in on. Yeah. Now, Cam Coleman, I think, might be a little tough because of Damian Craig. I think sure. there's a really deep relationship there. Um, yeah. But you can't win them all, right? And that's at the end of the day, the kids that are going to want to be here are going to be here. If they don't want to be here, they're not going to be here. You're, I mean, you're always going to lose kids in the portal and you're always yeah. going to get kids in the portal. And I think, I think fans are still having a hard time, like truly wrapping their head around that. And I get that because it's just, you know, five years ago, we weren't talking about this. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so, and, and all the time we grew up watching this sport, this wasn't a thing. If you transferred, you sat out a year, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's, and I'll admit, like, it's still kind of difficult to wrap my head. Like, I'm glad I'm not a coach because they, they had to transform so quickly about their approach and how they recruit and how they operate now that the portal was part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it, you know, it's taken a while. You just kind of have to get used to it because whether you like it or not, it's part of the game. It's just like them moving the kickoffs. So we, bar- we rarely have returns like it or not. It's just part of the game. And you kind of have to adapt and understand that. So as fans, the transfer portal being a massive part of recruiting along with NIL, man, it's just part of it these days. Yep. You know, and you're, and like you said, you're not always going to win, but you're not always going to lose. In fact, generally you should never win or lose when it comes down to it. Yep. You know, you, if you if you break even in the portal every year, as long as you you've got a, a good roster that's that's still you know in the building, um, you know it's a plus. Now this year the portal is not so already. I mean, what was it? Kyle McCord up from Ohio State announces his intention to hit the portal. Yeah, Gabriel or uh, uh, what's his name? Gabriel Jones, quarterback from OU, who yeah. I thought played really well. Yeah, He's Dylan in the Gabriel. Portal. Yep, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, thank you. Yep. They're they're like. It's so quarterback heavy in the portal this year. I mean, remember Max Johnson's in there, who's proven that he's a, a serviceable backup, if not a, a starter at maybe a, a um, you know, a group of five school, maybe maybe even a power five school that just needs a a quarterback like like Max. Max isn't like a super dynamic runner, but he can run. He's not, you know, he's not going to throw for five thousand yards a, a season, but he can throw the ball. And and you always, and you know, your one question would be, I wonder what he's going to look like in an offense not like what we were running. So maybe Max goes somewhere and and absolutely excels, and I love that for him. But look at Connor Wagman. Well, no, I mean, like I'm excited about Connor Wagman coming back. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, everything's good on that front. Um, who's the oh, like Haynes King? If you look at Haynes King, right, goes mm-hmm. to goes to Georgia Tech, did better at Georgia Tech than he did at A and M in a lot of ways. And I know a lot of people were criticizing. You know, Jimbo's offense is the whole reason he's been there. Yeah, was there still a bit of a talent disparity there for him? Absolutely, by comparison. But you get put in a system where you work and you can work well, it's not a bad deal. Well, I think that was a perfect example because, quite frankly, if you can make Georgia Tech's offense look good, you're probably pretty talented. Like, it's right. just, Georgia Tech hasn't been good. If, you know, like, you know, outside of a random here or there, you know, Georgia Tech isn't the kind of team you expect to go out and win 10 games a year. No, not at all. Yeah. You just don't, and even even when the ACC's down, like that's kind of brutal. Yeah. Um. So it's <laughs> it's it's just a dynamic of the sport now, and and you have to you don't have to. It's just like the coaching change. You don't have to embrace it, but you're going to have to accept it. Yep. 
Yeah, and there's. Yeah. It just makes following recruiting so much more of a nightmare as a fan. <laughs> well, just, there's so like, many moving parts constantly. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I know the, the the fine folks that run all these recruiting websites, you know, if you're running, you know, I'm, I'm sure Billy Lucci and, and all these other fine folks, you know, you're sitting here and you're constantly just running around the, you know, the message board world, the recruiting world. There's so much content all the time and it, people are pouring money into this stuff because they're trying to understand what's going on like as far as money is concerned oh yeah you know those guys are enjoying every minute of it <laughs> but well I, i'll be honest I, I thought about that before like yeah because now that you now that you kick in um you know the transfer portal stuff yeah and so you know people like hal and Bronny. like how many hours are they working a week man i feel like that's one of those jobs where even though you're at home you're working because they're always have to be by their phone and they're monitoring kids and 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 like and not to mention the relationships that you have to forge to get good information so that that takes time and effort to forge those relationships okay. and i'm just like in today's day and age of, of recruiting and nil and the transfer portal like do any of these reporters that do specific recruiting like do they sleep because <laughs> i mean Bronny covers baseball recruiting as well you know yeah so it's i mean hot what hop does the basketball recruiting and and right. basketball's yeah it's a whole thing so it's 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 amazing they're able to keep up with it and forge these relationships and, and maintain good information now granted we're not talking about all the sites either not all of them are worth a crap quite frankly <laughs> Um, but I've always been impressed with what Hop and uh, what well Hop too and uh, and Jason Howell and and, and Bronny do over Texags just because sure. it's you know if you think about the content you can if you're a Texagger you think about the content you consume and so this is really <clears throat> you know any school that has a major form like Tiger Droppings or you know whatever yeah you think about the amount of content that you consume if you're on there on a daily basis reading articles and if you keep up with recruiting you think about it if you ever like sit back and think about how many like recruiting nuggets and articles and interviews and all this other stuff that, that you read and you consume and, and like look back and think about how much it is and how much work it is to put all that together. Mm. So it's, yeah, there's, well, there's certainly a lot of money to be made in that industry because you have to be so plugged in to be right. Cause I mean, you could make a little bit of money and be wrong all the time. There's a handful of sites like that. A ton of them, plenty <laughs> of them, <laughs> but I, but again, and this goes back to what I was saying, though, it, and Mike Elko understands the importance of a portal. And, and if you've coached at Duke, I would assume you absolutely have to understand the importance of the portal. Right. And that was part of how he turned that program around quickly. Mm -hmm. This isn't a turnaround rebuild from a roster standpoint job. No, this is a rebuild the culture hire. It is like culture and system. And mm -hmm. so he's got he's inheriting one hell of a roster and. Assuming that he is as active in the portal and maintains his, you know, his understanding of how important the portal is, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have to, again, you just got to let this play out. I don't care if he's your guy or not. You didn't get to make the hire, so it doesn't really matter if he's your guy. Exactly. So, I mean, at this point, go out, fulfill the needs that we need to fulfill, right? We got to go out there and get those parts and pieces taken care of. And the best way to do those, get your hires. Yeah, we we know exactly who we have, who we're working with, who the kids are going to be excited for, you know, who and see what happens. Right. I mean, that's, I, that's all I can ask for as a fan at this point. I just want a lot of stability in terms of our structure, where we're at. And then we go from there because we are at the turbulent point. 
Well, and yeah, I mean, it's it, this is obviously not your most. Active, but if you think about it, though, by pulling the trigger when we did, now we're at the portal. We already have a coach. It's true. So, you know, we do have a head coach. So you have managed to hopefully dodge some of the heat rounds kind of inbound. Yeah. But I, I will say I, I, I would like to see an OC and a DC hire sooner rather than later. I agree. Um, I was hoping to have them by by today, but at the yeah. same time, if if we do have them within the week, while people are still trying to figure it out, well, and it's you know it's also possible that you know if Elko is the kind of guy who keeps everything in the program super close to the vest and he doesn't want to tell anybody, maybe he's got somebody that's just waiting to literally sign the contract, and he's right. let a couple of people know. I know, I know, Billy sat down with Connor Wegman uh, the other day, and Connor was like, "I'm going to ten out of ten with Elko, man. I'm excited." That's exactly um, and, what we want to hear. Is you know, that's, that's music to every Aggie's ears, to be honest. Um, and, and I think what's fun is, you know, the quarterbacks you have coming into the next recruiting class and then what we kind of saw out of, out of Henderson. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, there, there'll be a fun quarterback competition. And quite frankly, sure. when you have a new coach, it really it truly is an open quarterback competition when you it, have a new it, head coach. Yeah, especially, yeah, when you're trying to figure out, you know, what is going to be the strategy going forward as far as the offensive scheme. And, and that's true across both all three phases, you know, that's definitely important to know. So, yeah, I just, I'd like to see coordinators um, sooner rather than later. And, you know, then obviously they can start filling in their staff. You know, I was surprised though, because um, I get from a management standpoint, like my, my thought when you're a head coach is more of a manager is you hire your coordinators and you let them fill out their staff. Right. Right. Like I'm going to trust you to fill out your staff, maybe with some, you know, some supervision, like we're not bringing that guy in kind of thing. But, you know, I would, I would assume very little of that. But I don't know how hands-on he is from a management standpoint because your coordinators are basically – you have the president and you basically have your two vice presidents. That's mm -hmm. really what they are. So you should have quite a – at least you should have a little say in, in what they're thinking about filling out their staff. But at the same time, you have to show them the trust. Like, I hired you to do this, and I trust you're going to do a good job. Okay. Maybe I, I just have a couple of red flag hires. If the names come up, I'm just going to flat say no. Right. Um but I was surprised that we hired uh, a defensive line coach. Sure. Like um, without a defensive coordinator. I was, I was a little surprised uh, just cause like I was saying, you know, you kind of expect the coordinator to fill out the staff, but if there was going to be a side of the ball where an assistant got hired, um, you know, the defensive side of the ball is where you would expect it with Elko, obviously with him being, having the defensive background. Yeah. Having the defensive background and having a previous relationship with said coach. Yeah, well, and you know, I think that's kind of one of the things where if that wasn't the case, I'm not sure this hire necessarily gets made. Probably. Um, but I think Elko also understands, like, he's got to start getting some guys in because that defensive line depth chart is amazing, and you better get somebody in and build relationships quick Yeah. Um, because that's one, you know, that's, that's one spot on the roster where, <clears throat> you know, you know to be competitive in the SEC on a year-in and year-out basis, you've got to have a lot of depth and a lot of talent across, across your, your defensive line. And so we I have like not it lacked. Yeah. yeah. And so we haven't lacked on that front either. So we got to maintain that. You, you got to do everything you can to keep as many of those big bad dudes in the building. And, uh, and, you know, apparently this guy's real great recruiter, you know, good relationship guy. Um, so, you know, maybe this is a management decision as a stopgap. Like, hey, whoever the defense coordinator comes in, like, you just realize you're going to have to work with my guy too. Yeah. Um, well, and, from what I have been hearing from a lot of people, as far as the the e Rob information, um, basically like this was very much a hey, he is ready to go the moment that e Rob decides to either move up to a DC position or head out. So I, I have a feeling that this was the, obviously the way it went down. 
I mean, with the announcement within the hour, like we were already saying, boom, he's hired. So, well, and and so maybe that's one of those things where you're like, hey, well, he was prepared. <clears throat> he was know, prepared. Elko, <clears throat> Elko came prepared. He had that in his hip pocket, and yeah, when he arrived, made the decision. Elko was quick to move. He was, and and I'm, and I and you know for a fact he understands the importance of those big boys up front. Yeah, um, and he understands the importance of you know keeping them here. That's yep. again, like we said, you know, your recruiting starts on your own roster. That's true. You're absolutely right. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, we're hot and in with all the fun crap going on in the transfer portal. And you want to talk about a crazy weekend uh, for the championship weekend. Um, and in particular, the announcement on Sunday with the polls. Um, you know, we, we talked about it before. It felt like a lose-lose situation, and we saw it on full display. And, I mean, what what's there to say about it that already hasn't already been said? But I mean, I don't know crazy. if you saw the ICC shorts that came out this morning because those guys yeah. almost never miss, by the way. They're oh, so, they're so good. Um, I mean, how how are you feeling waking up this morning if you're Florida State? You know, I just – it goes back – we can complain as Aggies, right? We will complain all day long about what happened in 2020. And I think that there's a fair argument to be had. Um, if you look at Notre Dame, didn't play nearly as many games. If you look at what happened with, you know, Ohio State seven, won six but, games. Yeah you, six games. Look, yeah. you look at Ohio State, they only won six games or whatever. And so, I mean, you played half a schedule. So you, there was a lot of complaints coming from the AM side of things that were all justified. There has not been a hose job, in my humble opinion, quite like what we saw with Florida State. Now, I completely understand where their logic comes from as far as we want the four absolute best teams in the playoff, like who we think are the absolute four best in the country. And, okay, I'm thinking to myself, okay, then why would you put Washington in there when I think Washington would lose to Ohio State? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? This, if you're going to make here. the games matter, then let them matter. Yeah, well, otherwise, what are we doing all this stuff for and having injuries right. and all this other like what's the point of any of this? And so that's where that's why it's man, it just FSU got hosed. They did everything that the committee asked them to do. In fact, somebody pulled up an old Kirk Herb Street um tweet from like when the first or second rankings came out, and FSU fans were pissed they weren't first or second. And Herb Street responds with, don't worry about it. Just win all your games and you'll be in. It doesn't matter if you're one, two, three, or four. And it turns out that the committee decided to punish the Florida State team that won three games without their starting quarterback. So I think to an extent that makes them even more intriguing. Yeah. And then on top of that, their second string quarterback, I think, would have been back for the playoffs. So you're not even talking about the third string quarterback being in. And so you hose Florida State for literally going undefeated. They did everything that there's nothing Florida State could have done more other than I guess maybe some style points, but it's just such an absolute screw job. And if, if you ask me, just should have left Bama out. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, I know a lot of people. Personally, you could have just left the steps out and everybody had been fine. Well, well, and I think had, had you left Texas out, I don't think there would have been a single Aggie that would have had a little bit of sympathy if Texas was sitting at five, like, Oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through this right now. None, none. It's just it's so it's so crap though because you think about uh, like how can you say that Georgia isn't one of the best four teams, right? I mean, I would I would argue see, this is where the limiting factor of a four team playoff 
was a mistake from the get-go. And we've talked about that. I mean, I remember when they first announced it, I was like, four? Are y'all insane? And I know a lot of people were like, well, just go back to the BCS. Let's just have number one and number two go for it. I'm like, I don't hate the idea of a playoff, but if you're going to do a true postseason, let's actually do it right. You know, make the conference championships matter. Yeah, at the least they could have gone six with two buys or something like that. But, I mean, this is the last year we have to complain about it. But since it happened, we're going to complain about it. And that's just the truth of it. Now, I will say, everybody's saying, you know, it looks like they did everything they could to have an Alabama and Texas rematch in the final. Maybe. And, and we'll we'll get into this, I guess, as we get closer. But um, I, I, I don't think Washington is the cakewalk that everybody's making them out to be for Texas. They're the team that I'm, I'm I'd say as soon as they were getting into this, when the rankings were set in final, that's who I was pulling for. If it wasn't them, it was going to be Florida state. Because yeah, I, 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 was, I think those are two really good games. Honestly, yeah. they're great games. I will say it's going to make phenomenal TV and that's the problem. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, it was, I'm not saying that that's what the official reasoning is, but I don't know what the reasoning is, but yeah, this is a conspiracy theory that you can all believe ESPN. From what I had heard, there was some analyst that had posted the rankings last night or like the night before saying that this is what it's going to be because this is what they want it to be for TV. And that's exactly what happened. All I'm saying is if I was a Florida state player right now i completely understand any frustrations because you did everything you were supposed to do everything they have told you to do from the beginning and they're going to punish you because one player out of 110 or so on your roster just so happens to have an injury that was a little too much for tv to not want to give you any additional credence that is horseshit to me. What happens if Florida State beats Georgia? Claim the national title, and I wouldn't give you one little bit of shit for it. I would, especially if the national championship ends up with a loss. Right. Because that's still that's that's a scenario that could 100 percent happen. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, well, and I know it's you know it's it's similar to obviously what happened with UCF, and I, I get it. I totally understand that people would. Like, oh, you're Florida State. Uh, Florida State did it in the ACC. UCF didn't. No, they did it in the ACC with an injured quarterback. Two, right? I mean, it just—it's it, insane. It just—I do not. And and I I feel so horrible for the the rest of that roster because like, where's the logic there, man? Do you see? Do you see I don't know if you haven't seen. It. There was a tweet that the injured starting quarterback put out. He's like, I wish I'd broken yeah. my leg earlier. Like, yeah. they they unintentionally just put all of this on him basically the committee basically said it's your fault for getting hurt that's why fsu is getting it's like all your buddies are screwed because you got hurt that's really what the committee said that's it that's exactly what they said and that that that's such a horrific precedent to me oh it's terrible that's terrible because i mean you can't imagine the poor guy how much he is shouldering right now because of the amount of pain that you know he's feeling and for for his team letting down for letting down his team because he got hurt that is completely unfair to that poor young man that is horrible bonkers it's it's such doo-doo man it is um 
I'm, I'm, but again, it's it's just been it's been hashed out so many times. I just I just think there's no good way to split it. I'm I'm so looking forward to the 12 team next year. I think <clears throat> you know when you start talking about teams 13 and 14 next yeah. year and they're complaining, I don't care anymore. Well, that's what that's exactly what I was having a conversation with about with my buddy Matt last night. You know, we were talking and I said nobody is going to give a damn about 12 and 13 griping versus four and five because four and five those are conference champions yeah in power five teams now starting next year right there's really not a true power five anymore right because pac 12 is gone you know and so like the big three yeah which is which is pretty much going to make up half of your playoffs when you think about it probably because you'll have your champions and if you ask my opinion i i don't necessarily agree with well you get i mean you'll get You'll get four. Uh, you'll get four of them. You know, Big Ten, ACC, Big Twelve, uh, SEC. Big Twelve is going to get a slot, man. Yep. Unless, unless the champions like eight and five or eight and four. Well, and I think you like. I, I like the idea of like the top four, and I know they probably won't do it. They'll just do it off a of straight ranking. But if you ask my opinion, I think the top four should be the conference champions. You've earned a buy by winning your conference, and then everybody else is going to be at large bids in those other rounds. You know what they should totally do just to be jerks, and it makes no sense, which is why I think it could possibly be on the table. Hmm. <clears throat> Once you have your top four, which, like you said, they should be conference champions. So I don't think they're going to make the four. Then put those four balls in a bowl, and they just get seeded by a draw. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to talk about strength of conference. You're no. just going to be the four seed because that's when I picked out your ball. Like, let's just say, like, just throwing it out there for fun, right? Let's just throw it out there for fun. Let's say, like, like a nine and three Iowa takes down Michigan in the big 10 title game. You're a top four seed. You've you earned that. You earned the buy. You're in the pot because you got into the top four. I think that is completely fair to me. And then if imagine that nine and then imagine that nine and four, <clears throat> they pick out the ball and it says Iowa and they pick out the other one. And it says one seed. Sorry. You earned. I just want, your- I just want chaos. Yeah, I'm all about chaos. Chaos is fun. You know, we like it. There's a reason why so many people go in time and time again with March Madness. Those first couple of days of March Madness are incredible. Because there are so many teams that have no business beating that Duke or North Carolina or that Kansas or that whoever. And they find a way to do it. And people flip. I love that aspect of the sport of basketball. And I understand the talent disparity of a full football roster versus another full football roster is very different than basketball. But at the same time, resources from a small basketball school versus one of these blue bloods of basketball, it's a big disparity. Well, and and don't get it twisted either. Me rooting for chaos doesn't mean I was rooting for FSU to get left out. That's different because they earned it. They absolutely earned it. You're right. So, it's it's tough. I mean, I personally, I think you just leave Bama out and be done with it. I think Bama being left out is the most logical thing that could have happened, and I understand where they're saying yes, Alabama. They went on an eleven game run. They have been cruising along. I understand that, and you love to have Nick Saban in there for your ratings. Florida State went on a thirteen game run. Right, Thir- Florida State went on a thirteen <laughs> game run with an injured quarterback. Get out. Yeah. It's just there's, it's it's just it's complete garbage. I think Bama should have been left out. I I really don't care if the SEC's in it or not. I really don't no. like. 
as, as soon as they decide to let the steps in, I give a crap about the SEC went down the toilet anyways. Right. And I, have, I have no, I have no allegiance to this conference. No. And at the end, well, and, and see, that's kind of where my head was because the moment that they announced Texas coming in, I mean, that pretty much told me all I needed to know. Yeah. As far as where you saw us and how much you valued what you said we were bringing to the conference. Now, on that same token, if here in the near future we start seeing the likes of Florida State, Clemson, any of those guys try to come into the conference, I say let them. Florida can kick rocks. South Carolina can go kick rocks. Y'all didn't 100%. back us up. Yeah, I, I have no problem with any of them coming to the conference. I don't bring think. them in. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, 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 it was a crazy weekend, though. It was definitely a crazy weekend, and the yeah, obviously championship games always a ton of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed. I was proud of my New Mexico State boys. You know, they lost to Liberty, but they made it to the conference USA title in their first year in the conference. There you go. You know, the most (laughs) wins they've had in a season since 1965. So, oh wow, you know, Aggie up, baby, go get them. And so they're going to play in the New Mexico Bowl. I think they're playing Fresno State, which should be a fun game. But yeah, you get a bowl game yeah, after but, after such a dry spell like that as a program. Yeah, you know, that's I think sometimes we always kind of forget about that. Is there are so many teams out there that just they ride the struggle bus for so long, and then on top of that, with them changing conferences, um, you never know how you're going to end up entering a new conference, how you're going to compete. Um, so it's you know that's those are the kind <clears throat> those are kind of programs where some of these lower bowls really are important. These kids deserve to go to a bowl. They earn the right to, to do it, to to experience bowl week and yeah. get their little swag and all that other crap that comes with being in a bowl. And so they've earned it. So I, um, yeah, they deserve it, man. They do. Um, and I'm very proud of those guys. I mean, they definitely worked, worked their butts off to get where they're at. So excited for those. Obviously, bowl season in – uh, about to be in full swing here very shortly, but before uh, all the bowl games and all that fun crap, we have Army Navy. There is one game left, and I and I say this every year, and I'm thrilled that it's always the last game. I, I think it one, it just helps with viewership. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people like you know watch the Army Navy game, even if they just kind of put it on in the background. But I think when you're able to showcase it as its own, like pretty much holiday, like yeah. it's, its own football game. Um, so they're playing in Foxborough this year. Oh. Which is uh, yeah, which is outside the regular rotation. Whoa, I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah, they're playing uh, playing playing Foxborough on Saturday, hmm. and Army is a two and a half point favorite. So on a neutral field, that means Army is just a little bit better than Navy. On I don't paper. know if Army's better than Navy. Uh, yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic because, um, kind of the eye test. Believe it or not, as much as I complained about the committee. Uh, yeah. It's kind of the eye test because I've been able to see um, – I've actually watched a handful of games. CBS, <clears throat> CBS Sports Network covers a ton of the uh, uh, Service Academy games now. Yeah. So if you get that channel, like you can watch Air Force, you can watch Navy, you can watch Army. They doesn't even matter who they're playing. Like they've, they've got a great deal with them. Um, and so uh, <clears throat> um, so I've been able to watch a bunch. I. Uh, it kind of depends on the game and the week. But to me overall is from what I've seen, Army – Passes the eye test better than Navy. Um, they've certainly looked better on the back half of the stretch of their schedule this year. I mean, you know, you're on a three game winning streak going into this Navy game. That you know, and that's uh, that's what I was going to say. It's it's a big one um, to to go into the you know to go into that on a win streak. Uh, Navy's last game they got demolished by SMU. Um, 
yeah. don't even know how good Coastal Carolina is, but that's who Army beat their last game. Coastal Carolina is at least a name we all know. Um, okay. Army's Army schedule uh, it was pretty stout this year for an Army schedule. Well, and you but, took down uh, a really pretty decent at the time, you know, Air Force team. Yeah, and so, um, you know, Air Force beat Navy, um, just smoked Navy. We beat Air Force. So this game is for the Commanders and Chief Trophy to come back to West Point. So right. that's a huge thing. Uh, I believe both teams are five and six. Yep. Um, so this is for a bowl game as well. Yep. And it's 99% of the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. That's basically, if a service academy makes a bowl, that's where they end up. <laughs> right. But see, if they both, but if they take care of business, right? Like you said, this is... This kind is of for all game, the marbles. Yeah. yeah, you're either going to a bowl game or you're not after this one. Yeah. So, you know, you always want to sing second. Um, Army, oddly enough, has a vertical passing game this year, which is uh, really exciting. What we like to call the Army Air Corps. Uh, it's, it's a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and what's funny is it's, I mean, it's probably like one pass a game. But they complete it. See, but they so complete that's, it. That's, that's important. Right? <clears throat> they complete it. And then – uh. Uh, but their stats this year are wildly similar, just like between the offensive, you know, the leaders rushing, uh, passing. Um, Army defenses looked actually really good in forcing turnovers uh, in the games that I've watched them. Yeah. Um, Navy has been really good at giving the ball up in the games I've watched them. So I think ball security is going to come into it. Probably. Uh, Man, I just I'm looking forward to a good game. I love the Army Navy game every year. The pageantry, the commer- the spirit commercials in between. People, all you know, you know, soldiers, sailors, and Marines all over the world. Um, you know, just kind of the pageantry of it all. So I looking forward to the Army Navy game. I yeah. <clears throat> I took the day off work just for the Army Navy game. Um, but it's just it's kind of a holiday for me every year. Yeah. So, but yeah. So if you got nothing to do on on Saturday, it's uh, two o'clock Central. And it'll be on it's on CBS yeah. every year because there's nothing else that competes with it. No, there's no other time slots or no other games. So I, I that's I, again, like I said, I, I love that they have kind of their own day for it. So yeah, I'll be up early cooking and I might crack my beer a little too early, but you know, hey. such is life. Such is life when you have to beat Navy, right? When you have when you have to watch Army's offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> yeah. So what you got coming up? Man, oh, and you know we'll get it. We'll get into the bowl game as we get closer to the bowl game. Yeah, I figured we'd kind of touch on bowls after Army Navy, so we can yeah. really dig into that after that. Uh, we'll play, play the cow pokes and the tax slayer down in Houston. Oh, fun! Always ton of fun going down to H Town. Famous uh, oh, time. Let's go. Oh yeah, H Town hold down. So I'm excited. So, uh, what you guys got coming up? So this week, uh, this week we are down to our very last show for the year, and it, it is a private show. Uh, we will be in Las Vegas on Wednesday, playing at the NFR. Oh, nice! So, so what's going on is Community Coffee, who's a uh, big sponsor for the rodeo. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be having us out for their. Um, it's an event for a lot of their athletes, but like Tim Tebow's speaking at it, and then we're going to be playing after that or so. Nice. So that's going to be really exciting. <clears throat> um, that's a lot of fun. I'm um, looking forward to that. This past weekend was a blast for everybody that partied with us in Huntsville and uh, San Marcos. Uh, they were feeding us rumplement shots like they were going out of style in San Marcos. And that oh, was because uh, they are out of style. Oh, painful, <laughs> painful, painful, painful. But you know what? We still had fun. Um, but are you yeah, driving or flying to Vegas? Uh, we are flying. Carson's <laughs> driving. Carson's driving right now with uh, Jason. They're heading over there. Um, they're cutting across New Mexico, Arizona today. So they'll be in Vegas, uh, by this evening. 
and uh, they're hauling all of our equipment. So, yay, we don't have to nice. worry about all that, which is great. But, um, yeah, looking forward to those. Um, some other unfortunate news. I had to shed a tear. Um, so I got notified this week from CC Creations. We've been fighting for it for almost two years. But unfortunately, our boy Old Sarge on the baseball is dead in terms of the uh, potential to put him in the athletic department, at least for now. Um, well, is that because is that because AM put the kibosh on it? They put a big fat vault sticker on there. They they came out and said that Old Sarge and that logo was unable to be altered or messed with. I'm like, well, I did, but sure. <laughs> But Newsflash. they said you, you you can't alter those because they are a vaulted Texas A&M logo, AKA, a.k.a. they can only release those logos for their specific use via the university. And so no acceptance for that. And nothing I can do. That's a shame. It's I a damn shame. He's my dude, man. And... You know, that was a gonna have bitch. to get you a bootleg t-shirt company. Yeah. Let that go for about three weeks until it gets slapped with cease and desist. Well, if you do well, if you do it for no profit, because <laughs> we all have time to sit around and do that. Yeah, of course. Made for nothing. Yeah, let me just <clears> go and do that for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. No, it, it, that was rough. I was I'll be honest, I wasn't very happy with that decision, but life as is life. Well, AM does have quite the trademark and logo department so don't they anyway uh, <laughs> well, uh, hey uh if there's any AM officials listening to this i love y'all i love the school let old sarge go to baseball for the love of god anyway um right. so it is what it is uh unfortunate but yeah we're gonna be wrapping up the year with those shows uh oh that show carson's got a few more acoustic ones i'll be posting about all that actually as soon as i'm done with this and we get everything uploaded i'm gonna be sitting down and making a show poster for it so we're gonna be putting that out to instagram and elsewhere but yeah if you don't already follow us on the socials please go follow us on the socials. didn't you have a didn't you have a show with your other band over the holidays or am i not yet we're, we're still yeah we're still trying to Lock down a few oh, okay. things here and there because for some reason I was thinking y'all did. Oh, so I'm looking forward to that whenever whenever y'all kick it off. Oh, no, it, yeah, as soon as <laughs> Fat Cactus things are happening, I'll let you know for sure. When we will we'll dive all into that as soon as we have it locked in. But um, yeah, this December has turned into um, all of a sudden where we were. We are still very much taking time off in quotes, but at this point, we have like our. We have a Christmas party. We're going to be filming for a music video. We're going to be recording in the studio. So there's a lot of focus on us right. for music and content because we're going to be in the studio and not a lot of time to focus on the Fat Cactus stuff. But there's already a couple of dates coming up uh, that we know for sure we're going to have open time frames in the spring because of weddings going on. So hypothetically, we should have a few days to get that going. So Nice. Looking forward to finally getting that off the ground here shortly, but well, it's December, so I got a whole lot of nothing coming up. Yeah, that's true. Up, doing my Monday market update later this afternoon. I've got yep. some more videos to drop. Um, I've got a filming tomorrow, but I'm yeah. having some guest issues. Mm -hmm. So I get you. We shall see. But uh, you know, other than that, it's just the holidays, man. I love this time of year. Got it's my decorations up for the most part until I figured out that 
literally almost half the lights I put on my front bushes had gone out. And I'm not the kind of guy that goes bulb by bulb. Right. So my, I'm still a, my grade for my Christmas decorations is an incomplete so far. It's all right. I have got the roof done. Well, see, I haven't had a chance to do much of anything. And that's because like literally you come into town, uh, you know, I get back in yesterday had a chance to breathe for a minute i'm turning around doing this podcast then going to be doing more content and then we're hitting the road so i'm going to be gone until friday it's never a dull moment around these parts hey we're just getting to work in man That's we're getting to work in and we're, we're gonna be in vegas. vegas it's hard to complain about yeah we're gonna be in vegas uh i just pray that uh we all come back in one piece because uh i have a feeling that no one of few members of our particular outfit we uh might lose somebody and never see them again if we're not careful so that'll happen in vegas yeah i got i got vegas coming up next june for bowling nationals so i hear you that's exciting so we're smart enough to stay off the strip though so yeah anything else fun coming up this week <sighs> that's it man just working all righty well working for the man getting ready for army navy that's right. Well, you guys, I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day. My name is Rob White. This is Roy May of Cross For Me, and we are the Red Ass Podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Gig'em. Go Army, beat Navy. Beat Navy.